Welcome to the Pipeline Award-Winning Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Gibbs. You can find me on, I guess, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at Pipeline underscore. Don't forget, got some great stuff coming out on TikTok, at Pipeline. And of course, you can find me coming through your earbuds right now. What we finally waited for after all on season, it's here. The actual season, week zero, is in the books. And I can't take another step, of course, without bringing in my, my main guy, my main partner in crime, KSD. Make sure you follow him on all social media at Pregame Empire. KSD, week zero in the books. It was meaningless and it was all glorious. Do you think that's kind of what Elon Musk was going for with this X with, with the rebrand to X? Was he trying to do the like the Prince glyph thing and just kind of didn't do it right? I didn't think of it until I just said it. I just said that on the fly right then. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that either. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do, because this is what you're going to get. The Capital P Podcasting, no script. We have no idea what we're talking about, and we're always going to talk about the weird, the wild, the wacky. Well, I'll give you some good feelings from uh, from Week Zero. Um, last night, I had I had two screens going, and I, like, it was around, it was probably about two or three minutes left in the third quarter of each game. And at this point, they were both one possession games. Mm-hmm. And I was just basking in the glory of having my two screens watching San Diego State, Ohio, and UMass, New Mexico State. And both were like, at that point, both were like just still up for grabs, anybody's game. Like it was 10 to 6, San Diego State. Um, and UMass was up like, 13 to 10 or 17 10 or something so like they were both one possession games obviously both did not end that way but um yeah i was i was, I was just basking in the glory of that being maybe the the, the funniest uh dual screen action of the season <laughs> wait let's not forget prime time featured umass at new mexico I, state like for for a, a real football perspective for a second, that's easily the biggest surprise of the weekend, right? Because, like, New Mexico State was a competent football team last year, which is I know that is very rare for New Mexico State, but they did make a bowl game. They returned a lot of production from last year, including starting quarterback, which obviously, as you know, you know, continuity of quarterback in college football, even if it's somebody who's not a world beater, it still is very valuable. Like, I that is the most surprising result of the day yesterday is them just getting absolutely steamrolled at home by by UMass. Like I mean, it was competitive for the better part of two and a half quarters, but still, like I mean, just from a pure football perspective, that's the only thing that happened yesterday where I was like truly did like true could, could truly say I didn't see that coming in any way, shape, or form. What were the odds that before before yesterday? What were the odds that I would? utter the phrase UMass is a wagon after week zero. I would have put them pretty low, but <laughs> well, I um I, I am like I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like I'm maybe talking myself into being excited about UMass Auburn on Saturday. Like <laughs> like like talk about cra- craziness. I mean like Hugh Freeze's debut, Auburn fans, you know, th- there's a lot of mixed feelings in the fan base about Hugh Freeze. And plus, you know, it's Auburn. There's always kind of some internal chaos of some sort going on in one form or fashion of the other. You know, they have a, a, a like, you look at their non-conference schedule, I know they have a road game at Cal, which is one they should win. They have um, at UMass at home, they have an FCS game, and they have another 
UMass type game. Like, you know, it's a non-conference schedule. They should probably go 4-0 against. And now all of us, I mean, I know it was New Mexico State. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm kind of just saying, I'm not saying here, but, you know, UMass walks in week one, riding high. Like, you know, I I, I don't know. (laughs) Listen, got to give hats off to Don Brown's club because I think, just about every preview I read had them at 133rd ranked in the country. Think about this three wins in four years. And yes, it was to your point, it was only New Mexico state. They were only seven and a half point underdogs. So it wasn't like, but, it was still, but still like there's still a touchdown dog. Yeah, absolutely. And they, and for the most part, it, it was a close game, but they may, were making all the plays when necessary. Of course, we're going to have to start our Tyson Fomachan Heisman okay. campaign. I don't know if he can, I don't know if it's too late to get over the Bo Nix poster in Dallas or in New York. <laughs> but, but <laughs> listen, this play featured one of the most hilarious plays I've ever seen and the biggest missed opportunity possibly in football history. And I'll, tell you what it is uh, did you catch the i think it was like the second or third to last play of the game oh the, 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 the face mask is yes. that what you're referring to yes, yes. okay yes I, so I for those that don't know uh aggie court new mexico state aggie quarterback diego pavia hikes the ball it, the, the game's out of out of reach it's 41 to 24 there's i think maybe 20 seconds left maybe 15 seconds somewhere in that range okay the game is over but New Mexico State's still trying to score, which, fine, I don't care. Score as much as you want. And he hikes the ball. He rolls out. The defensive lineman grabs his face mask. It was just one of those where he just kind of swiped going by, and he grabbed his face back, face mask. And he turns his helmet completely around. So he his face like, mask is literally. I mean, it, it, he would have pulled it off his head entirely if he didn't just kind of happen to keep it on his head. Like, I don't really right. know how else to describe it but that. But, like. The helmet should have come all the way off, basically. It, it should have. But he's literally blind. He cannot see anything. It, 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 imagine taking a helmet, put it on your head, and then doing a 180 with the helmet. So you obviously have no visibility. He just throws the pass, which, good for him. He just threw the pass, but it went way out of bounds. <laughs> Here is the missed opportunity, KSD. Okay. He could have put together the most meaningless play in football history at that point he knows this is going to be an untimed down there's no way they're not going to call a penalty when the guy's head is backward why not throw it behind your back or do a one-handed handstand and throw the pass it's going to come back regardless yeah that that actually that that's that's a great idea um uh, the other idea i had is what like at that point, why not just try to run? Like you're basically you're blind. Why not try to just juke, you know, make a highlight real juke? While you you just just start juking your way down the field. You don't know where any defenders are. Like just you know, he that that's very much lean into the meme of it, I guess. But yeah, yeah I, I, like if, if like if he accidentally pulls off the behind the back blind touchdown, that's the greatest play in football history. Yeah, and it would have gone down as the greatest meaningless play in football history because the game was still over. I th- always think about the unbelievable Odell Beckham catch uh, versus yeah. when he yeah. versus the Cowboys. Well, I think the Cowboys won by like 20 that night, you know, but no one cared. <laughs> they only talked about this amazing play and it, it 
Odell Beckham himself has said it it changed his life overnight. Just imagine <laughs> Pavia, New Mexico State, just being on all these commercials <laughs> after this play. But I actually really like your idea. Just start running, doing spin moves, juking. Yeah. And <laughs> if no like defenders were there, it would have <laughs> been like <laughs> – when you act, when you are playing Madden and you don't know what the buttons do, you know you're just running. <laughs> yeah, like it would have been very much like how he pressed the wrong button and you just spin in the open field and then you actually <laughs> slow down and get tackled because you spun in the open field. Yeah, um, I want to point out one other reason why UMass is going to be Auburn next week. Um, did which, you see? Which, by after- the way, I look. I did look up the line: Auburn minus thirty nine and a half. But keep going. Oh, yes. oh. <laughs> that that is that is a hammer on the UMass side. Are you are you kidding me? Sprinkle um, a little on the money line. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That that is an absolute hammer. There, like, uh, get get that one before it comes down because everybody's going to be uh, on the Minutemen. Um, UMass broke out the uh, the turnover tricorn hat and um, and founding father looking cape on the sideline last night. Um, I, I I am a sucker for the turnover prop. I'm even more of a sucker for the turnover prop that leans into the mascot. Yeah. Uh, so very, very, very well done by, uh, by the Minutemen there. I, I agree with you. The only thing it, it missed opportunity to go full fall revere and have a turnover horse yeah. <laughs> in which you get on and ride around the stadium. <laughs> yeah. I- yeah, that, that that well, Auburn Auburn has the number one equestrian program in the country, so it's going to steal one from the Auburn equestrian stables, and they'll break it out next week when they get that pick six on the first drive of the game. Well, you guys heard it here first. Sprinkle some on the UMass money line and hammer <laughs> the the plus thirty nine and a half or whatever whatever it was. Can we talk That's about the... my favorite play of uh of the weekend? Okay, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I, this might have been where you're going next because this was something we had to talk about. Um. I want to talk about San Diego State throwing, uh, <laughs> doing some some crime upon uh, upon one of beef uh, one of new beef refs uh, brothers in arms on the on the field, um, and that's just throwing a, a pass straight into the face of uh, of the official. Which I love the angle of this that was going around on Twitter because um, it's 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 like a kind of a sky cam behind the play angle, yeah. and it brings up a lot of questions for for me about this play. So the ref is in a spot where like, you just don't normally see the ref here. Like Jalen Maiden is getting, he's getting tackled, but like, it looks like the ref is like two yards beyond the line of scrimmage as he gets hit in the face. So that's number one. Number two is from this angle, there is basically nobody you see in the shot that could be a conceivable intended receiver besides (laughs) the ref's face. Like that is where the ball was supposed to go. Yeah. It was accuracy wise, if he was aiming for the ref's face, it was like a dude perfect uh stunt. Well this this, this brings up the is that accuracy or is that precision? Okay. <laughs> I I'm not sure I'll have to I have to check yeah, with uh, like, pipeline stats and info. You, you've heard the debate before, right? Like, you know, yeah. is it accuracy or is it precision? Well, is getting tackled is is hit is nailing the ref in the face while getting tackled accuracy or precision? <laughs> I think that's the best example of this I've ever heard. Yeah, to your point, normally that ref is two or three yards behind the play. I'm not sure how he kind of drifted in front of the play and quarterback panic and just hucked it at the nearest human he could see and it was happened to be the ref's face i will say this i didn't 
I kind of didn't see the fallout afterward because it was I was just seeing it on Twitter and I was catching a, another game, but it had to hurt. I mean, because he really kind of doinked it right it, off his face. It, it, yeah, it, it was it was not a soft toss either. Like it was on a rope. Like it, yeah, it could not have felt uh, particularly good. I mean, not that getting hit in the face ever feels good, but that right. was a, a bit of a rope going straight straight at this dude's nose. So yeah, I mean, that could not have a could not have been good. Um, I I do think though, if, if Curtis Rourke for Ohio, Ohio's quarterback, if he doesn't get hurt, I do think Ohio wins that game outright because man, like they they could just not move the football at all once he went and he went out pretty early too. Like, but once he went out, like any hope of them moving the football was just gone. Yeah, Rourke super important for Ohio of Ohio, and to your point, it just seemed like it just sucked the air out of the team. Out of the whole, just yeah. everybody, fans included. And we need so- a San Diego State Iowa bowl game. Like <laughs> the, both, like San Diego State, like and it was kind of coming up yesterday in various Twitter circles, and and I agree with this. Like San Diego State has been at the Iowa thing for too long. Like they've been doing, like mm-hmm. they've been doing this for the better part of a decade now, where they just just decline on offense and just yeah. you know punt and play defense and then just you know fall ass backwards into some points every now and then like the we i we need we need the like the i i can't off the top of my head think of a big 10 mountain west bowl pairing unfortunately <laughs> so but we we need to find a way to uh to, to make this matchup happen because um they 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 have become the closest thing to iowa consistently in in the non-power conferences San Diego State football has become the closest thing to San Diego State basketball that I think we we can see. Just nothing but defense. Hopefully, <laughs> true. score a couple of uh, breakaways and, and win the game. Well, yeah, one it's, of my, it's, it's, it's it's very much the we're dragging you down here with us, right? <laughs> well, actually, thinking about San Diego State just offense, just really quickly, what do we what do we got to go back to? Marshall Falk. I mean. It's been a while. It, there's probably been I some. Mean, they had they had, they had that they had that one stretch about ten years ago yeah, where they had right. Donnell Pump. They had Pumphrey and Rashad Penny back to back at running back. Yeah, that's like they true. had two that's they true. had two two like all time great ones in college back to back, and then that's like the only thing they've had since Marshall <laughs> Falk, basically. Yeah, that was it. That was they used up their their max. Well, one of my favorite, absolute favorite, and we knew this was coming, but moments of the weekend was the whole Vanderbilt debacle as far as, and I'm put, I'm using air quotes. I know we're on podcast here. I'm using air quotes. Debacle. Debacle or 5D chess? Because think about this, KSD. We are obviously talking about Vanderbilt Stadium is under construction. We had a crane holding up the scoreboard slash net to catch the football. The <laughs> which, visitors, which, is the great, which is the greatest combo in college football yes, history, by the way. Yes. Like this is, this is innovation. And it looked very sketchy. Please do not walk under this. I don't care if you're wearing a hard hat, please. Safety <laughs> should, should have wrote this area off. And then the visitors locker room, I'm using it more air quotes was a tent outside somewhere. <laughs> but think about this. If, you're Vanderbilt. Obviously, you're in the SEC. You're not going to win that many games. Nor, I mean, their over-unders normally like three and a half, two and a half, somewhere around there. Yes, they've improved a little bit over the last couple of years. But 
you're not no one's mentioning you in the same breath as Arkansas, much less Alabama or LSU. But imagine showing up for a game and the field's half done. You know, like if if you show up and it's in the parking lot, stuff's half put together. Are you really going to be that invested? Or are you going to take these guys for granted, thinking they're not even that serious? And <laughs> maybe, maybe the Commodores steal a couple games this way. That's the only situation that I can come up with that, that made this even funnier. My only, my only regret is that they didn't have someone literally holding the field goal post up. <laughs> well, I, I I do want them to to, have to play a game because the the, cra- the cranes holding this jumbotron literally look like they they look like they're just massive field goal posts. Yeah, like the the the, the way they sit behind the field, like they're almost perfectly lined up with the goalposts. Like, can they just play a game where they use those as the goalposts? Like, oh, you get, sorry. What what was a twenty yard field goal is now a fifty yard field goal because you got to kick it through the the big green posts that are not actually technically inside the stadium. Like this th- this needs to happen. Do I think they get Georgia at home? Do it do it when they play Georgia. Make make it tough. Yeah, I that would be an amazing idea because think about Vanderbilt fans. Remember, they're the ones who a lot of air quotes in this episode uh, storm the field. By getting in a single file line and neatly and organizedly uh, walking out on the field, so all this is—it's almost like Bizarro World. Going to the play in the stadium, they should destroy the field even more. Put con- look, have construction noise like a jackhammer going off to this <laughs> entire game. Horns, like you, hear, you, know, you, hear, you hear like the like the truck dump truck like backing beep, up, beeping like up, yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Beep. <laughs> it's like see, so because like there's some teams that will do that. Like at the, it's, I, I think it's so corny and dumb, but like some schools do do that. Like when the other team gets a flag, like like a right. false start or something, you're like the beep beep. Just do just <laughs> do it like during a play, just at random point. Just beep beep. But um, I do think also like. Like this is not this is not shocking, but it feels weird because Vandy, like for the first time in a while, looks like they actually have a handful of dudes on both sides of the ball. But also, yeah. like, man, I have a lot of concerns about them after last night because right. Hawaii. Like, I part of me wants to think like, okay, maybe this is just like we should be excited. Hawaii looks like they've kind of got it together a little bit, and that and and that could be part of it as well. But also, like, man, Vandy has some issues. Like, they they could not run the ball at all. They gave up some bombs in the passing game. Like they have, to, Vandy's got some receivers that look good, and they and AJ Swan looked good at quarterback. But it, it it was one of the weirdest feelings watching Vanderbilt that I've ever had because they aren't just outright horrible, but at the same time they have a lot of glaring mistakes that make it hard to really feel good about them. Yeah. So you have Vandy, a seventeen and a half point favorite, kind of just escaping versus Hawaii, who traveled obviously. 10,000 miles like they normally do. Yeah, I mean the 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 bows looked good. Like I yeah. mean like again like I don't want to say it's just bad for Vandy because Hawaii did look a little feisty but also like just kind of reading what you know reading between what Hawaii should be this year it shouldn't feel good for Vandy. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a weird yeah. it's kind of a weird one to try to draw conclusions from. 
Yeah, and I mean, think about that that critical play in a game that Hawaii ultimately loses by seven. What did they have first and goal from like the centimeter yard line, and they didn't score? Yeah. So, well, yeah, because they didn't give it to the converted center playing running back. Like that's <laughs> like that is literally a thing they have on the roster. Like how <laughs> how do you not give him the ball every play, especially when he literally has to like step step out and stick out his pinky toe for a touchdown? Like, yeah, just fall forward. It was one of those. He could have pulled the old Cam Newton, get tackled immediately, but fall forward for four yards. Yeah. Well, but UTEP, UTEP try, kind of tried that one yesterday, partially-ish, <laughs> <laughs> which I totally forgot. I, I wish I remember who on Twitter pointed this out, but um, I totally forgot that last year in the bowl game, UTEP ran out. The had exact a same one. play. Yeah, the, the exact same formation. It, it got a touchdown on a little tight end slip out for a streak route, basically. Yeah. Like so, shout out to look at look at look at Rich Rod, Rich Rod, Rich Rod. The, Jackson, the Jacksonville State <laughs> boys up. They were ready. Former Alabama Crimson Tide coach Rich Rodriguez, uh, <laughs> coaching Jacksonville State. To, and shout out to Jacksonville State, one and zero in the FBS. Yeah. we'll see if the, we'll see how long they they keep the the best winning percentage ever for <laughs> an FBS Rich, team. Rich, Rich, Rich Rod's shirt did not win yesterday, no. though. Rich Rod, Rich Rod's shirt was a major loser. It was very, it was, it was very like. Do you remember that um, Virginia Tech Louisville basketball game? Like it was, I think it was Buzz Williams' last year at Virginia Tech, where Buzz sweat through his, uh, his button down and his vest so badly in the first half that he put on a t-shirt in the second half. Like it, yeah, it was yeah. very much like that. Yeah, but. He, yeah, more wins on the field than on the sideline for Rich Rod yesterday. Hopefully he was hitting the water and staying hydrated because he definitely needed it. Well, the, the, the shirt was definitely hitting the water. Um, like, <laughs> but you think about, like, Rich Rod, like, have you, have you thought about how weird of a, like, career Rich Rod has just from, like, a where he's been standpoint? Yeah. Like, just the, the career – the career trajectory for him is hilarious. Like, even if you just start, like, if you just start with West Virginia, mm-hmm. like, because he was, you know, he's West Virginia head coach. He was in the 2001s. He was there for like seven years. He goes West Virginia to Michigan. Okay, that's a logical step. You know, like he, mm-hmm. you take, you know, go from a good Power Five program to one of the elite programs. Okay, that makes sense. Oh well, that didn't work out. Now he goes back to a, you know. Another kind of average power five program at Arizona. Okay, this makes sense. Then he goes to Ole Miss as offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach for a year. Then Louisiana Monroe in a similar type capacity. And now the best he can do is Jacksonville State. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's just it's just it's just wild to think that like 20 years ago, this dude was the head coach of West Virginia and was all everything. And now he's coaching a team to an FBS transition. Well, I think one of the biggest what ifs, and I love doing what ifs with uh with sports, especially college football, would be what if the the radio caller doesn't insult Rich Rod's wife and he actually does take the Alabama job? Because allegedly there actually was an agreement yeah. he had accepted yeah. it because then Saban doesn't leave the Dolphins, at least for Alabama, and everything is different. I mean, maybe he, I think he eventually leaves from out for college at some point because they gave him Dante Culpepper when he wanted Drew Brees. 
And when he realized he couldn't make the decisions, he was going to come back to college. But where would it have been? You know, it wouldn't have been Alabama if Rich Rod's there. And then well, the dominoes fall completely differently. Well, and the other one, too, is um, what if – so what if he – what if he do, it doesn't take the Michigan job in 2007, 2008, like after the 2007 season, basically, mm-hmm. and Terrell Pryor goes to West Virginia instead of Ohio State? Because, like, that, yeah. that was a thing. That was a thing that was very much on the table. Like, you know, that yeah. Terrell, like, because before he committed to Ohio State, like, he was, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, he was considered he was a West Virginia lean. Like, West Virginia was the favorite for a while. Rich Rod leaves. Obviously, that kind of, changes the calculus a little bit so like you know they're, they're also but well, also too the other obvious one is like you know what if they beat Pitt in the 13 to 9 game you know like yeah. but there's a world where rich rodriguez is a west virginia lifer and they are like a legitimate you know i'm not gonna say dynasty but like they have a you know a really good run of being in national title games slash right. you know maybe winning one or two in that stretch well they i mean if they beat Pitt in that game they're gonna play for one so they would have yeah. just been yeah. knocking on the door they're already knocking on the and, door and then they likely get terrell Pryor in that process as well which you know kind of extends the window you, you, yeah you, you see the vision yeah and then what happens with west virginia you know going for it, it would have been interesting love playing the what if game we we probably could do a whole podcast on what ifs <laughs> Uh, but one thing we can't can't what do if this USC, year. What if USC had a defense? The, for for our listeners, longtime listeners of Pipeline Nation, you guys know we do not play in this podcast, and I think that re- is reflected in, in how we record it. I literally verbatim was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> well, the good thing is we won't have to find out <laughs> because that, that, that's, that is that is not happening. I do. I do appreciate that yesterday, like I, I was thinking this, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I loved having the split screen of Ohio, San Diego state mm-hmm. with New Mexico state and UMass. Like that was the, the not split screen, but on my two screens, right. Those yeah. are the games on. Well, even if I wanted to, I couldn't have even watched the, the high reigning Heisman trophy winner who was playing <laughs> at the exact same time. <laughs> and who was doing amazing things and throwing to his freshman who was doing amazing things. And, Unless you had a refrigerator that happened to have the Pac-12 network on it, you could not see it. Well, it is incredible, too, because, like, you know, I'm watching these other games that, that, I mean, let's be real, you know, they're not going to have really any impact on anything people, like, you know, outside of sickos like us really care about. Yeah. And, like, it's not like, you know, Caleb Williams, like, was, you know, lighting it up. I mean, he was lighting it up, but it wasn't like, you know, he was just having this great game and USC was having – you know, a lot of fun. It was a coronation for the Heisman winner and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, like they needed every bit of it in the first half, at least, you know, from, from Caleb Williams. Like it was, it was very much a necessity for him to just do crazy Heisman stuff. You know, who's a dude. We're talking about dudes. Uh, Zachariah Branch for USC. <laughs> and they're going to need him and they're going to need Caleb Williams to score possibly 56 points every game because what did, I, I someone posted and forgive me. I don't have it. Let, let me let me bring up the uh, the box score really quickly. So for rushing yards, <laughs> that 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 vaunted San Jose State rushing attack, 198 right. yards versus USC. USC was at home, by the way. Sure. <laughs> and and San, San Jose State was playing. You know, it wasn't like it was a, a three point game the whole time. So they were playing from behind. 
what's going to happen when you have Oregon State, when you have Washington, when you have Utah? You're going to give well, like a thousand well, yards I, rushing. I know what Oregon State's going to do because Oregon State, if you recall, last year against Oregon, Oregon State like was down 17 in the second half and came all the way back to win by running the ball every play except for like four plays in the second half. So Oregon State's just going to smash the like the run through your face play. You mm-hmm. know, there's like, all right, we're going to run through your face left, going to run through your face right. Like, <laughs> I, I do appreciate this from USC, though, because um, let's be honest, like what's what's more fun here? Um, you know, USC playing you know Oregon in a 56-49 game or something, you know, akin to the the 9-6 Alabama LSU game of the century from mm-hmm. a decade ago. Right. Like. Like if we're, if we're, if you're going to just lean into abandoning one side of the football, like at least they chose the fun one. Yeah, agreed. And I made the point on Twitter, which, by the way, follow me on Twitter at pipeline underscore, that with all these scandals, with all these betting scandals, I'm pretty sure we're going to find out the USC defense bet Caleb Williams to to win the Heisman again. <laughs> USC defense is on all of the overs in every game they play. <laughs> You you cannot make the point total high enough for the USC defense to not take the over. Yeah. And they put that, that future bet on, on on Caleb to, to win the back to back because they know they're not stopping anyone. So he's going to have to put up a a thousand yards of of offense a game. (laughs) I mean, the good thing for them is he probably can do that. Like, you know, like, I don't like, (laughs) I mean, if you look at if you think about their schedule, like in um in the Pac-12, I'm like, I don't know, like I don't see anybody where I'm like, yeah, he probably can't, you know, throw for 500 yards against them. Like even Utah, like he, he they still are capable of giving up, you know, yeah, a big day. So I don't know, like sure, why not? Well, I think we've come to the portion of the show that all non Notre Dame fans are going to hang their head because it appears. Is it, is it time are... to ask Jason? Is it time to ask Jason Garrett questions about Wake Forest? Yeah, yeah. I think whether we like it or not, I think Notre Dame's going to be in the, at least the the talk for the college football playoff for the whole season. So everyone prepare themselves. They actually have a quarterback. We knew that they do with Sam Hartman, Wake Forest transfer, as you mentioned, Jason. Uh, I, 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 I really think knowledge Jason... of the Demon Deacons. Yeah. I really think Jason Garrett had never heard of Wake Forest until um, until yesterday. Like, 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 like the, the the best part was him saying that Sam Harmon had never had a running back like Audric Estime before. Like, he literally had Kenneth Walker, who should have been a Heisman finalist at Michigan State for yeah. like three years as his running back at Wake Forest. Now, granted, he wasn't you know he didn't have that kind of season, but like it wasn't like he was some scrub. Like, you know, he, right. was, he, yeah. he was still Kenneth Walker. I'm going to say something controversial. I, I kind of feel bad for Notre Dame fans, but only because they have to listen to Jason Garrett for right. the entire season. But that that that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's it. That's where the the empathy ends. Well, it is only Navy, but Notre Dame did look solid. Kicking game a little shaky, which kicking game is shaky always in college, apparently, including yeah, like, the, the zero yard have... punt. We should have we should have gone over oh, the zero gosh. yard punt, but. <laughs> You can't have shaky kicking in Ireland, though. That's like their whole thing. That's true. That's true. Uh, oh, man. They flubbed it. Well, Notre Dame coming back to the mainland. We we Wasn't it you who, who posted uh, the every team that was playing in Ireland began with the letter N? Well, yeah, we've had we've had two Ireland games happen since COVID, like yeah. which for the record, I want to and there's already another one next year. Like for the record, we're all kind of a. 
uh, a hot pace of Ireland games because we hadn't yeah. had one before last year. We hadn't had one since 2016. Like now, all yeah. of a sudden, it's all the rage again. But yeah, so far it's been Nebraska, Northwestern, Notre Dame, and Navy. So like, when you, so, I don't did you did you figure that out? Because when you posted that, yes, which by yeah, the way, yeah, I, I I mean I just thought of it. Yeah, which by the way. These are the tidbits that you need to follow KSD on Twitter at Pregame Empire. When you said that, I, my my head fell off my shoulders because I was like, "How did you? How did you come up with that? It was amazing, great, great, in, you know, uh, great insight." If you wanted to break down the game, all unfortunately, teams that, in. unfortunately, that's going to end next year because I believe the game next year is Florida State and Georgia Tech, which, like, oh man, I mean. This I can't I haven't decided if this makes more or less sense than Nebraska Northwestern in Ireland, but <laughs> whatever. I mean, but um, yeah. I was hoping for New Mexico State to get a shot. <laughs> maybe yeah, yeah, New Mexico State, New Mexico, or get like right, get yeah. like North North get North Dakota State over there or yeah. something. Like yeah, maybe like North Carolina, NC State, or I don't know. Mm. Like I don't even know. Who, who else? Who else? Who, who are we missing? Who else is, is in? Uh, I'm sure there's some uh, Northern Colorado. We could get some FCS teams in. Yeah, sure. Why not? But yeah, let's let's send New Mexico State in their poncho things. They walked out in yesterday yeah. to Ireland. That <laughs> that'll work. Well, before we go, we're gonna. Of course, we. I just alluded to it a second ago. We got to mention the zero yard punt. Classic <laughs> college punt. It's it's one of those really? that you. you you gotta think. I there's no way I would do that bad, even with people trying to kill me and and block my punt and crush me. I think I could get more than zero yards. It really was reassuring in a sense to see really just across the board. Yes, I mean there was only what like seven games yesterday, mm-hmm. but just a, pretty much in almost all seven games there was some sort of meaningful, not me, meaningful, you know, doing a lot of work here, but. Mm-hmm special teams something like you know, like right. there, there, there was something that happened on special teams that was like of interest in pretty much every game and yeah. so that was reassuring but yeah the um like i i think as a general rule of thumb you always want to be able to punt for a first down you know like if, if like if you <laughs> if your punt doesn't reach the, the sticks for a first down one you of might as well have gone for it yeah one, your punt is just horrendous. Or two, you have gotten sacked so many times or racked up so many penalty yards that, like, you are, you know, it's literally going to be a, a country mile to get a first yeah. down, right? The like, old, the old really third cool. 93 trick. Yeah. 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 So when you're punting on fourth and four and you don't punt for a first down, like, that is, that's a problem. Now, I, I will give, I will give our, um, our Hawaii punter, the benefit of the doubt here, you know, maybe some jet lag issues, also maybe some distractions via the swaying video board hung up by cranes in the background. But <laughs> um, still, you should be able to punt it for four yards. I can't think of a better way to end the show than a zero yard punt. This is what we always talk about this on this podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Weird, wild, wacky stuff. We're going to always keep you plugged in. A lot of great content coming out. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at pipeline underscore and like i said coming up with some good tiktoks at pipeline ksd on all social media platforms at pregame empire we'll see you guys next time on the pipeline award winning podcast